Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to Help I Have a Teenager, the podcast that's here to answer all your questions about the new teen age. My name is Jo Lamble. I'm a clinical psychologist and a mum of two adult children who still feel like my babies and I still get affected by their states of mind and their happiness. And as my mum, who's in her 80s, says, you never stop worrying. So for all those parents out there who chastise themselves for riding the waves of their children's emotions, you're normal. Love that. My name's Dr Ginny Mansberg. I'm Jo's co-author of The New Teenager, a book we wrote together in 2020, as well as being a GP and I'm a mum and we've got six kids in our blended family. Now, Joe, today we're talking about 18th birthday parties and keeping everyone safe. And we're also giving advice to a parent who has a confession about their teen. Now, our first question was sent to us through the anonymous form that you can find in the show notes for this episode. Hi, Ginny and Joe. My daughter is turning 18 soon and wants a party where her friends can drink. She has a small group of friends who appear to be responsible for their age. The problem is half of the friends are months away from turning 18. I've told my daughter I am not comfortable with serving alcohol to underage kids in our home. Do you have any ideas for celebrating an 18th birthday with mixed age peers? I'm a little disappointed that the focus of turning 18 is all about drinking. My husband and I are very, very rare occasional drinkers and I'm at a loss as to how to respect our values and boundaries around drinking while giving our daughter a celebration she's proud of. Jo, what did you do? Look, it is a great question, isn't it? And if you and your husband really drink anonymous and you've modelled that to your daughter, that's a great start. So she's seen that. She's seen that option of just drinking rarely. But it is really common for 18th birthdays to have a mix of 17 and 18-year-olds. So it is a bit tricky. Now, Ginny, what's the laws on supplying alcohol to minors in your home? So there are state-based laws, and I would suggest that everybody looks up their own laws in their own state, but my state is New South Wales, and there are laws around what they call secondary supply of alcohol to a minor, and a minor, for anyone who doesn't know, is under 18. So the 17-year-old friends are minors. Now, you are meant to get their permission, their explicit permission from their guardians, and not only that... Because you are in an unlicensed premises, your home, you need to make sure that you are not serving liquor to anybody who's intoxicated, who hasn't eaten. It's got to be done in a responsible way. You can't just have tumblers of vodka. But my suggestion is it can be really tricky. There are fines that will apply if somebody calls a policeman. You could be in breach of the law and you need to be aware of that. There are reasons why 18 is the number. It's because the brain is growing before then and much more vulnerable to damage from alcohol than it is when it's more fully formed at just 18. I know it seems arbitrary, but the law is there for a reason to protect these children. And 
my concern is do you really want to be part of that? I'm with you, Anonymous, that I think your instincts of not wanting to serve alcohol are on the money. Yeah, so at the very least, we'd encourage you to let the other parents know if you're going to have alcohol at your daughter's 18th, let the other parents know there will be alcohol and ask their permission. Do they want their 17-year-olds drinking or not? And then you'll have to abide by what those parents or guardians say. Ginny, we had a bit of an issue with this when my son turned 18. He just had a group of mates around for pre's and then they went off in a maxi cab off to the city after they'd been in our house for a few hours. Now, I knew nearly all of the kids. I mean, I thought I knew everybody who was there and I knew their parents. But there turned out to be one guy who was 17 who we'd never met. Now, he was and no doubt still is a lovely young man, so it's nothing against him or his family, but he was drinking and he fell over a small brick wall in our back garden and he broke his wrist really badly. So the mates carried him up inside and he had blood all over his knees. And that was the first thing we looked at and think, oh my gosh, you've really been smashed up. So I was talking to him and saying, okay, I need your parents' phone numbers so I can ring them and let them know what's happened so they can take you to the hospital. Because by then we could see his wrist was in a very strange position. So he was really reluctant. It took a long time to get this phone number out of him. He did not want his parents to be called. He did not want to get in trouble. And we were just saying, listen, this is about your safety. This is about your health. This is not about getting in trouble. So finally he gave me the number. I rang his parents who did come and pick him up. Now, understandably, they were very, very upset. They were very, very upset. They were saying he has never drunk before, whether that's true or not. Quite understandably, they threatened to call the police. So just a warning out there, you know, that's the trouble. Yes, there may be the fines or the law, which obviously is very important. Or the vomit. Or the vomit, exactly. But what was really scary was this kid just did not want us to get any help for him because he knew he'd be in trouble for underage drinking. And that's really scary because what we want to always say to our kids is no matter what, if you're doing the wrong thing in the wrong place at the wrong time, still call us. I think if you are going to have a party and you've said there will be no alcohol and no one's allowed to bring alcohol, your kids are not idiots. So they'll either organise prees at somebody else's house and turn up to your place intoxicated where they can proceed to vomit everywhere, but at least you're on the right side of the law. The other thing that they can do is that they all bring these backpacks and the backpacks are full of like Mount Franklin water bottles. These conveniently look like water bottles, but actually often contain vodka. So my advice is if you are going to have these kids over, that all bags stay in the front room, wherever that is, a study, a bedroom, whatever it is, and that if anybody says that they want to get their water bottle, you just say, no problem, we have water inside. And you make sure that there is a lot of water inside so that they can have plenty to drink and not dehydrate. But just because you say no alcohol, it doesn't mean there will be no alcohol on your premises and you will still be responsible for these kids who are drinking on an unlicensed property that is yours and you are not doing the responsible service of alcohol. So the law is still on that? So say if you have not served them at all? The reality is, look, there is a lot of discretion that can be used, but you can't guarantee that. You can't just go, well, I'll just wing it and go, oh, look, they're 17, they're almost 18. You know, I did put out a packet of chips there, so I didn't like not give them food. And I was here, I was just upstairs. That probably would be seen as fairly favourable, but you can't guarantee that. Like if you want to make sure that you were doing both ethically and legally the right thing, don't have alcohol at the party. Sorry, I sound like a wowser, don't I? Yeah. But no, no, (laughs) it's just that, you know, you really feel for these parents because they want their daughter to have a lovely celebration as they put it that she's proud of, but you've got your own views and I always play the anxious card and say, look, this just really stresses me. You know, I get really anxious about it. So I'm sorry. 
blame me, but I don't care if you tell all your friends, my mum is just too anxious so that your daughter doesn't feel like she's the one who's being different. And if she wants to go out and have a drink for her 18th birthday, which is not unreasonable, there are these things called pubs and bars <laughs> and they can check the ID and then it's on them. If you'd love unlimited access to everything women are talking about right now, subscribe to Mamma Mia. An annual Mamma Mia subscription includes online access to every Mamma Mia event, subscriber-exclusive stories, podcasts and videos from Australia's leading independent women's media brand. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Okay, Ginny, our second question was sent to us anonymously. Hi, Ginny and Joe. I've listened in earnest to your podcast about how normal it is for my 13-year-old son to find me incredibly irritating. But what do I do when it's me who finds him incredibly irritating? The grunting, selfishness, phone addiction and social life addiction all get right under my skin. I cannot stand the way he walks, talks or does his hair. Think mullet to the max. I maybe wouldn't mind all of this if he was nice to me, but those moments are so far and few between. He simply doesn't care about me or anything to do with me. I resent him for making my life so difficult. Why should I keep trying to make things better with him when he just doesn't care? Why should I try anything? His programmed aim is to separate himself from me and it's working. Maybe I just need to let go. It's his life and he can do what he likes with it. He can do badly at school because he's lazy and he can prioritise his social life over everything else. The problem with that is the impact I know it will have in the long run. I am so spent. I can hear how spent you are. The first thing that I want to tell you, Anonymous, is you've admitted it. It's really common. And so I'm kind of really proud of you for putting pen to paper or maybe keyboard to fingers to, fingers to phone <laughs> and sending us this email because it is just incredibly common and don't feel alone. I think when we were writing The New Teenage, we were speaking to so many parents who were telling us in grave confidence and feeling so embarrassed and so guilty and shamed for feeling this way. We were hearing this sort of all the time. And one of the things that we wrote in the book was trying to fall in love with your child again. So sometimes it's a matter of getting out their baby photos and trying to remember that little one that you held in your arms when they were six months old and where all they needed to do was to see your face. That child is still in there and that connection is still there. It's just being really dimmed at the moment, but maybe that's a good starting point to try and help you fall in love with your child again because right now you've really fallen out of love with him and it sounds like for good reason. He sounds like he's being a real pest at the moment. <laughs> yeah, and I also just want to applaud you for writing in Anonymous because we're hearing on this podcast so many parents writing in and they're just doing such a fabulous job and we're just forever saying, wow, our kids are in safe hands out there and they are and so is your son too. But I've had a lot of people asking me, where are all the parents who don't feel like it's working out? 
You know, where are they? Where are all the parents who are just so over their teenagers and just want to give up because they're out there? So your sentiments, Anonymous, are so understandable. It's really hard, isn't it? It's hard to keep giving and giving if you get absolutely nothing back. And I think many parents out there will be nodding their heads and saying, I totally agree with you. And I'm also hoping there are teens listening today who can hear how hard it is to keep parenting a teen who will not respond and will not work and only prioritise their friends. So what do you do? I don't know what you think, Ginny, but I don't think there's any harm in having a general chat to him about this. Don't put him on a guilt trip because they never work. That's a really bad strategy. But you can say that you love him and you'd love a closer connection and you miss the connection you had when he was younger and you're really looking forward to having a closer connection when he's older. But sometimes right now you can feel his pushback, you can understand his pushback, but it does hurt. Hurt. Yeah, just hurt. I think that word is so important because I can hear how hurt you are, Anonymous. Yeah. Because... I have not yet met a parent for whom parenting is not quite difficult at times. You put your heart and soul into it and often we view our own value as to how good we are as a parent. And when our children completely reject us, it just makes us feel worthless. It makes us feel so rejected in a way that nobody else has that same power to make us feel useless and ashamed and so dismissed and so rejected. I would urge you to share those feelings with him and to be vulnerable. And that can be really difficult for a parent because we always want to be the authoritarian one. You should be respectful because I'm your mother. When I say to come to the table, you should come to the table because that's the relationship of a parent and child. But that clearly is not working in your dynamic. And I'm hoping that your honesty will relieve you of some of your shame as well because You have nothing to be ashamed about. It's a very normal thing that you're going through. Absolutely. And as long as that when he hears you're hurt, you never want to tie it to, I do all this for you. You know, I cook for you, I clean for you, you've got a house, I pay for everything and you treat me like this because it's not a transactional relationship here. You're just saying you're hurt because you miss him, you love him. And if he's got the message that you're not giving up, You're not going to give up on him. You're always going to be there. You've always got his back, but you are not going to just keep pushing this connection right now if he's not ready. And as long as he knows he's loved and you're there for him, I'd actually encourage you, Anonymous, to focus on having lots of pleasant times with your friends, your extended family, everything that you can look after yourself and where you get fulfillment from the people who just make you feel worthwhile. And so you can just build up your strength and resilience a bit under this understandable hurtful situation. What great advice. Yeah, because I think that if your job's going really well, and I do have to say, just doubling down on what Joe was saying about the transactional relationship, a relationship with your children is pretty much a one-way street. You're never going to get back what you put in. You cannot look to it to be that. They didn't choose to be born. Joe and I have got adult children and pretty much all the conversations that we have with them are about them. You know, that's just the way parents go. It's a one-way street. And Sometimes, you know, I could tell my kids something, I had got voted this or, you know, got this award and they'll go, oh, it's great, mum. So what should I say to my boss about (laughs) X, Y and Z? The nature of kids is to be very self-obsessed, even when they're adults. And you can't square a ledger up. It's never, ever, ever going to work. But we still love them and we still want that connection because there'll never be a better connection than that. And if he knows that that's what you want from him, the connection, the love, 
the great relationship. That's all you ever wanted from him, not to pay back mm. a bit of washing or a bit of driving him around, then I think that'll make things just so much better. And you're willing to be patient because it's obviously not coming Ooh, right yeah. now. <laughs> He's only 13. you got years of this ahead, I'm afraid. <laughs> But that's all we've got time for this week. If you love this show, we'd love for you to leave a review or rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. This show is produced by the wonderful Tali Blackman with audio production by Tom Lyon. I'm Jo Lamble. I'm Ginny Mansberg and we'll see you next week. <laughs>